welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Um, many of us felt inadequate, unworthy, alone, and afraid. Our insides never match what we saw on the outside of others. Early on, we came to feel disconnected from parents, from peers, from ourselves. We turned out, tuned out with fantasy and masturbation. We plugged in by drinking the pictures, the images, and pursuing the objects of our fantasies. We lusted and wanted to be lusted after. We became true addicts, sex with self, promiscuity, adultery, dependency relationships, and more fantasy. We got it through the eyes. We bought it. We sold it. We traded it. We gave it away. We were addicted to the intrigue, the tease, the forbidden. The only way we knew to be free of it was to do it. Please connect with me. Make me whole, we cried, with outstretched arms. Lusting after the big fix, we gave away our power to others. This produced guilt, self-hatred, remorse, emptiness, and pain. And we were driver, driven ever inward, away from reality, away from love, lost inside ourselves. Our habit made true intimacy impossible. We can never know real union with another because we were addicted to the unreal. We went for the chemistry, the connection that had the magic because it bypassed intimacy and true union. Fantasy corrupted the real, lust killed love, first addicts, then love cripples. We took from others to fill up what was lacking in ourselves conning ourselves time and again that the next one would save us. We were really losing our lives. Hi, Jim Sexaholic. Um, so our topic for this meeting is following suggestions and God's will. Um, so welcome to the Sexaholics Anonymous meeting. This is a closed meeting. Only conference attendees registered to Sexaholics uh, may attend this meeting. This is a topic meeting. I will introduce the topic. There will be an allotted time for sharing on the topic. Essay is, is an anonymous program. Uh, many of us carry cell phones and mobile computers capable of audio and visual recording to maximize our commitment to anonymity. We cannot allow the use of these devices. Recording of anything inside this conference. This is a recorded meeting, and the recorder cannot be turned off. If you choose to share, you must speak directly, clearly and directly into the microphone. By choosing to speak, you give consent to All Star Media to record your share. You may choose to introduce yourself by another name if you desire. All Star Media is an outside vendor carefully selected by the Unity Conference Planning Committee. By the terms of our contract, All-Star Media may sell and distribute these audio recordings to registered conference attendees on-site this weekend only. Uh, so uh, for the next few minutes, I'm going to share my experience, strength, and hope. Uh, and then Wayne. Wayne will be sharing as well. So, and we have a, a timekeeper. We'll figure out the time 
in a little bit to see, depending on how many people come. Um, so you can go ahead and start. Yeah, I'll give you the one minute. Thank you. So um, I chose this topic to go over because um, uh, I've really been trying to figure out God's will for my life the last two and a half years since uh, discovery or exposure, whatever you want to call it, since my world fell apart. Um, and um, I think the only way I made it through those times were um, by taking suggestions and by seeking out God's will. Um, the primary way I sought out God's will was uh, memory, memorizing the um, serenity prayer um, as quickly as I could, and also the third step prayer, um, mostly the third step prayer. Um, that uh, and and I really made sure I understood it. I even translated it to modern English, um, so it's kind of my you know my prayer, not not just reading it. Um, and, and I made sure it was very heartfelt. But, um, this topic to me ties in with, ties in with steps one, two, and three. Um, so the things that I had to understand, um, was one, that I'm powerless, two, that I could be helped, and three, um, I had to decide to trust. Um, I had to decide to trust the program, the wisdom of the program, my sponsor, and my higher power. Um, I thought I had my life figured out. My career was going very well. Um, um, I was, you know, my bosses, I, I looked good in their eyes and, you know, that sort of thing. My wife and I had bought a house and, you know, things were, were going pretty well. Um, but, uh, all the while acting out and it caught up with me and, um, lost everything, including my freedom for a couple months. Um, and, uh, fortunately, um, uh, my wife let me come back home. Um, but we had to sell that home. Um, um, but we dove into the program and she's here. Um, and, uh, things are going well, except for my career. <laughs> That's the only thing that, uh, I'm still searching for God's will. Um, so I, I was the type of person that I wanted to give suggestions. I wanted to look and feel important. Um, and I didn't really let other people give me suggestions. I wanted to be the one who people looked up to. And um, I was familiar with the concept of God's will, um, but I didn't really want to do it. I wanted to do what I want to do. Um, and I was never really surrendered to it. Um, so when things happened two and a half years ago, it was definitely a slap in the face and, um, I was humble to do things God, God's way. Um, I almost felt like I, I didn't even have a choice. I was like, if I want to save my life, save my marriage, save, um, you know, the few friends I had left, I have to die to God's will. I have to lose my will and I have to submit to this program and I have to submit to, to God's will for my life. Um, and that getting scared with, uh, facing jail time, losing my career, um, the fear of all those things, seeing my life fall apart. It was kind of easy for me to start taking suggestions from a sponsor. (laughs) 
um, cause I had hit rock bottom and, um, you know, trying to do things my way obviously had never worked. Um, but it's a battle when things are getting better. So, you know, um, the jail time is over and way behind me and, um, you know, my relation with my wife is much better. I'm sponsoring all these things. So now the temptation to, um, you know, want to do things my way and be the suggestion giver, you know, can come back. Um, so it's a constant surrender. Um, and, um, um, so my, and, and that comes from my ego. You know, I, I still, not as much so more anymore, but I still want to be, um, you know, the suggestion giver. Um, but it did produce, um, a humility, um, which, which was good. Um, and it produced a lasting humility. Um, me being willing to put myself under the program's control, under, uh, my higher powers control, under my sponsor's control. Um, and that's what humility is to me. Um, and, um, um, something my sponsor had said or says, uh, to people, um, when they don't want to take suggestions, he says, keep doing what you're doing because it's working so well. And he's had a lot of people have resentments over that. And some people not even talk to him for a few weeks, um, because of that. But, um, it's true. And I, I have to remember that because, you know, my, my heart tricked me so bad that I thought what I was doing and how I was living was, was fine. And, and when I saw that, even two and a half years later, there's moments where I'm like, is my heart tricking me now? Am I, am I doing my will again or am I doing God's will? Um, and that, that's how far I had slipped away from reality in a sense. Um, so following suggestions and, and doing the third step prayer, um, really keeps me, um, focused on, on doing God's will. And I think, um, being vulnerable with my sponsor and telling him the truth, um, is, helps me to get the suggestions I need. Cause I can put up a front and act like everything's fine and I'm, I'm not going to get the suggestions that I need. Um, so having the, um, I guess the humility to, um, ask for help, um, is, is key and, and just the honesty. Um, but, um, I think that's everything. I jotted down some notes and I think I got, yeah, I think I got everything. Thanks for letting me share guys. Thank you. Hi, my name is Wayne. I'm a sexaholic. I don't know anything about this topic and I really suck at it. Um, the, they sprung this on me out in the lobby. About six people jumped on me and said, we need a co-leader. And, and they said, we'd like you to follow our suggestions. And I told them eight different ways. No. And I literally like, I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm not good at following suggestions, taking it, taking instruction. That's kind of a joke. I, then I volunteered, but I, I wasn't really ready for this, but I thinking of the topic, I, th- I kind of, kind of breaks into two different pieces for me. I'm, I have a long, 
list of drug and alcohol, I mean, a long history of drug and alcohol as well as sex, sex addiction. And something stuck with me really early. I probably did rehab in 1986 for other substances. And somebody back then said, do whatever, do whatever they tell you. And it, and it, and I kind of took that in the, um, you know, I'll move chairs. I'll make coffee. I'll, uh, you know, I don't want to do much. Don't give me a position of responsibility, but I'll, I'll be that worker bee guy. I've my whole life, my addiction, I've got, you know, you see the like angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. Well, I got like a legion of angels and a legion of demons and, and the, the, the demons are telling me you're the smartest guy in the room. You're, you're, you're all this. And, and, the angels are going like, dude, no, you, you, you drop the ball a lot. Like you're kind of a screw up. So I've got these two different, I'm pulled constantly. I like, I say it too much, but I'm like an egomaniac with an inferiority complex. And that means a lot to me. Like I'm the, I can be the life of the party for about three seconds, make y'all laugh and then dart out the side door. Cause I got nothing else. I got nothing. I got jokes. Um, and so it was kind of a natural thing. Part, part of me says, get in there. You're going to be great. Take the microphone, run meetings. You, you're going to, before you know it, you're going to be running this thing. The other half is going, you're going to, you're going to F this up and go down in flames and they're all going to know what an idiot you are. So it was kind of when I heard like, just if they tell you to move chairs, move chairs, I thought this is perfect. Like I can't do too bad of a job there. They're not going to find out. I really don't know anything about stacking chairs. So. <laughs> It, it was just kind of a natural fit for me as far as that. That's, and that's kind of, that's kind of the one thing I have about following suggestions. Just get in and do what you're asked to do. Never say no. Somebody asks you to do something. We need you to help with a meeting. We need you to, no, but there's nobody for Thursday morning. Take that meeting. Okay. I, I just have this policy and I'm thankful for that because it's helped me. It's helped me get out of my isolation. It's helped me. Because uh, that's my other natural inclination is I'll, I want to make you laugh and then get right back in my cave. I mean, I, that's where I'm super happy. I don't need people. I don't like people. I like, you know, I objectify people. I want to grab something pretty and drag it into my cave. Um, so that's really all I know about following suggestions. When it comes to like my sponsor, I think I picked a sponsor and I was in a meeting earlier on sponsorship and I think I picked the sponsor for the very reason that I knew the guy would be easy on me. And so it's more of a buddy relationship and we talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And he's been there. My first year here was horrific, terrible divorce, legal battles, almost losing my job. It was, it was horrific. And this guy was the best friend you could ever have in the world. I could call him any time of the day or night and we could talk for 30, 40 minutes. And we would, sometimes we'd, if we had to skip a meeting because it was something super critical, we'd go to breakfast instead and call it a meeting and give ourselves credit for that. And, um, but I don't have, flip side of that is he doesn't push me. He's not going to give me advice. He's not going to tell me what to do. He's, he's, um, it's been really awesome. It's been a really good fit. So I don't have a ton of experience from like getting that hard nosed sponsor who's like up in my face. I know that that's, I, I don't, when I'm in my addiction, I do terribly at that. I'm not, you know, I don't need people to tell me what to do. I hate that. Um, so that's why I joke about not taking directions. When it comes to the, when it comes to God's will, that's an interesting one. Cause I, I come out of formal religion. I was raised with a, 
giant rule book and a God in heaven that's shooting thunderbolts and a whole lot of stuff you can't do and ridiculous. I mean, as conservative as it gets. And, um, I turned my back on that to, to, to follow all my own pleasures. And I always knew in the back of my mind, like I never stopped believing, but I always knew in the back of my mind when it's time to snap out of it, you will return and you will surrender and submit your, your life to the care of God as you understand him. And so I always, it's always been on the back of the back burner and I've three marriages. I took my wife to church. We're churchgoers, take the kids and we'd show up every Sunday and then I'd be complete wreck heathen all week long. In fact, right after church and right before church. Um, so, so, so finding my way back to God, I, I kind of get to redefine my God and and I'm careful. Not, I'm, I'm just careful. My new this God doesn't have this gigantic list of rules for me. My experience right now is He just wants to hang out. He really wants to hang out, and I've never been good at hanging out. I'm going to do this for a little bit, and I'm going to wander off. So that's the story of my life: great starts, and I wander off. And so, the last year has been not a lot of not a lot of activity. My first year in recovery was. Straight A's, do everything, go to 300 meetings in 300 days. I went nuts. And this second year has been, can I maintain it? Is it sustainable? Can I get to know my God just by walking with him every day? And so I don't even have a ton of experience with God's will. I think for me right now, all I know, he hasn't said, Wayne, go do this. Because if he did, I'd probably follow directions. But he's not talking to me that way. I think he's just kind of hanging out. And he's kind of happy that this kid's hanging out with him right now. So I'm sure there's lots of maybe instructions to come. But um, when it comes to God's will, I, I do know that he loves me and wants to be a friend and that he'll help me if I call on him. So that's what I've got on the will part. And with that, I guess we open it up. Thanks, Wayne. This meeting is now open for sharing. We ask that sharing be pertinent to the topic. No crosstalk, please. If someone feels another member is getting too explicit, they may so signify by quietly raising their hand. Please introduce yourself before sharing and, of course, speak into the mic. Oh, and we'll do um, three minutes. Uh, my name is Robin, and I'm a sexaholic. Robin. Uh, this topic is really pertinent for me today and really for the past few months. Um, I went to the Big Bear retreat in uh, May, and I got a new sponsor, and he started giving me suggestions on what to do. So I started following some of his suggestions, um, and I started um, in the morning uh, reading and meditating. Um, I had already been doing a lot of regular uh, phone calls, uh, sobriety renewals, checking in with my sponsor, my previous sponsor, and I just continued to do that with my new sponsor, receiving phone calls from sponsees and other people in the program, going to meetings, doing those things. But the new, the newest thing was the the meditation and the reading every morning, and I got into it, and it's been helpful, real helpful. Um. And, but one of the things I've really had problems with, um, is, although the program has been good for me in many respects in my life, I still have problems with lust and acting out. 
um, and just to share on my way to the conference this weekend, I was having had a private room and I was thinking even a few days before the conference, well, maybe when I get to the unity conference, since I have a private room, I can get an escort and she can come up to the room. Now that's pretty crazy thinking, but I did it. And then when I got up to the room yes, last night, I looked at porn here at the Unity Conference. And um, so uh, I met with my sponsor this morning and I shared that with him because I um, need help. And um, what I realized in talking with him is that I have a lot of um, – um, I lack a lot of humility in terms of realizing, uh, that, um, uh, I'm not, I'm not being honest. Uh, I, I, I lie by omission. <clears throat> and what he suggested to me, he said, he asked me, well, did you call anybody and did you tell anybody that you were having these fantasies before you got to the Unity Conference? I said, no. And I rode over here with two guys. And I didn't even tell them that I was having these fantasies. It was a perfect opportunity for me to share. Do you think you guys think that's a good idea for me to ask an escort up to the my room at the Unity Conference? What do you think about that? I, I know what answer I would have gotten. But I... But I, so what, why, why don't I learn? How, so he challenged me to learn how to, uh, when, when I have these fleeting notions that I need to talk to somebody about that. I need to bring that stuff to the light. Because if I'm not, if I'm not, if I'm harboring these notions, they're going to eat at me and fester. So I have to follow my sponsor's instructions because that's God's will for me to follow his instructions. I mean, why did I go to him if I don't want help? So I've got to try something new to see how it works for me. Thank you. Hi, good afternoon. My name is Dave. I'm a sexaholic. Thank you both for your, um, for your shares. Um, I can relate to both of them and, um, some of the other gentlemen. Um, I, I will have one year of sobriety next week. Um, but, and I wish I could say it was because of God's will or because of, um, something I did, but I, I had the help of law enforcement kind of similar to your situation to help, help me see the light. And, uh, help me see bottom and, um, loss of my family as well. Um, and so it's, it's been a journey, um, one of my choices, but, um, I, I only became sober, I think, because of, of God's will. And I, I recognize that for me, um, in my faith community, God always works and answers prayers through people, I've found. And I've found that in my sponsor, 
in the groups I go to with the other guys that I can share things with, um, in the step work I do, um, in the outreach calls I make and receive from other guys that are really struggling or going through terrible times, um, because of consequences. So I I've come to realize it, but it's been a long journey, um, for me to accept that and recognize it and submit to that. Um, that God's will really is for me, for what works for me is God's will through people and that there are people that will help guide me through this and that I am not alone. And so, um, you know, as far as the experience and the strength and the hope that, that part for me has been, um, very inspirational and, um, very tangible because I've always struggled with that. I'm like, God, why won't you help me with this? Why, why can't I stop acting out? Um, and God's not going to, God's not going to do the things that I can do for myself. Okay. So God's will for me, I pray for the, the impossible things. Okay. God can help me with that. Like God, please restore the relationship with me and my daughter after the horrible things that I've done. And God's done that. I couldn't do that. Nobody else could help me with that. Not even my sponsor. Um, so I pray for the impossible and God works through that. And, uh, so if that helps anybody else out there, um, I hope, I hope it does. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. My name is Rick. I'm a sexaholic. Um, yeah, I can connect with some of the shares too and, and relate to what you guys are, are saying. Um, let's see. Um, I have no doubt that God's will for me is to be sober. I don't have to pray for that. Uh, oh no, I don't have to, um, I don't have to wonder about that. Um, I think God's will for you guys is to be sober. And I don't have to wonder about that either. I have no doubt of certain parts of God's will. Um, the only thing I'm supposed to pray for is knowledge of God's will and the power to carry it out. My sponsor always goes to that first. Whenever I call him about something that's going on, it's the same suggestion every time. Pray for knowledge of God's will, power to carry it out, and I'm sure you will get an answer. He's that confident uh, of what he suggests to me. And that's what happens. When I pray for knowledge of God's will, that's what I get. It comes through other people. It comes through circumstances. Uh, it's never an audible voice in my head. Uh, it's never anything supernatural. Um, it isn't always crystal clear, but, um, it's there. I, I understand God's will for me when I ask for it. It just works. It's probably why step 11 says that's the only thing I'm supposed to pray for. Um, because it works. It works for me. Um, let's see. There's a situation going on with me. I shared it at a meeting this morning, uh, where, you know, 
praying for God's will, uh, gave me clear direction. Praying for the next bit of God's will gave me clear direction. And I ended up, um, having a conversation with someone and it's, um, kept going. And I don't know if, um, the conversation keep going, uh, is the right thing for me. I really don't know if this is part of continuing God's will or if it's my sexaholic wanting to uh, keep this conversation going. Um, so I called my sponsor yesterday about it, and his suggestion is pray for knowledge of God's will. He's actually a little bit suspicious about, you know, that this is still God's continuing will for me, uh, but he's willing to, you know, give me time to pray and get an answer, come back and talk about it, and let's see where that goes. So my work is to do that and to be honest about what I'm hearing and understanding uh, as God's will for me and not do the lies of omission and the harboring that you guys have been talking about because what I really want is this. And maybe that's God's will, maybe it isn't, but I'm just going to have to keep asking for it and find out. Thanks. I'm Johnny. I'm a sexaholic. Um, I got a new sponsor a few months ago and his suggestion to me was to, uh, meditate and do spiritual reading in the mornings every morning, no matter what. And I haven't done it perfectly. Um, especially since, uh, I haven't been able to maintain lasting sobriety. So when I have a slip, it's hard for me to get up in the morning and do that. But when I do it, uh, regularly, I find that I feel a lot more connected to my higher power and I can hear his voice a little better. Um, and I've had some, some pretty major, major things revealed to me just in the last few months of, of, of meditating. Um, the last six or seven years, I've been like really actively pursuing my dream to be like a successful solo artist in the music industry. And I have toiled and labored over making that dream come true. And, um, in my meditations, uh, I just kept hearing God tell me to let it go. And I didn't want to hear it. You know, my sponsor always says, you know, when God's starting to tell you something, you just want to change the channel. I'm like, no, God, don't talk to me about that. Talk to me about something else right now. Um, he's like, don't change the channel. Keep listening, you know, to what God is telling you. And so I kept listening and, um, I decided to take a break from, from music for a while. It's been two months since I've played a gig or even really thought about pursuing it. And just the amount of peace that I feel in my life is so much greater. Um, and you know, I don't, I have no idea what God's going to do with my musical talent or what, but I know that it's going to be good. But like a previous share said, I think right now God just wants me to hang out with him and work on my recovery. Um, and then, uh, oh yeah, I wanted to touch on this recently. Also, I re I reworked steps two and three and I realized that, you know, sometimes I think I'm hearing God's voice and I'm not really hearing God's voice. I'm hearing my own voice in the place of God. Thanks. And, um, I found that that comes from my relationship with my father 
uh, my dad is really controlling and he, and he would always kind of tell me what to do and how to do it and how to feel about it. And it was always something that I didn't want to do and I could never express my feelings about it. And so I just, I've just projected that relationship onto God. It's like God wants me to do thing, something with my life that I don't really want to do. And it's going to be painful for me and miserable for me, but I got to do it because God's telling me to. And reworking step two really helped me see that that is an unhealthy projection and that, you know, God wants me to acknowledge my desires and, 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 and go with those so long as they're healthy. Um, and God doesn't want me to do anything that's bad for me, that's harmful to me or to, to my fellows. I mean, that alone, that just God doesn't want me to do anything that's bad for me has helped me with so many decisions. It's like, should I go hang out with my friends tonight? They're going to be out until like midnight. I got this thing tomorrow I got to get up for. Does God want me to do that? No, because I'm going to be too tired tomorrow. I can't go. I got to go home and get some sleep. And it's like just simple decisions like that. Like just reminding myself, is this good for me to go do this? If the answer is no, it's not God's will. So thanks for letting me share. My name is Andrew. I'm a recovering sex addict. I'm going to grab my cheat sheet here. Um, following suggestions. That's, uh, that's an interesting concept. Um, I think, uh, like a lot of the, the brothers that, that I've met in this program, I have a hard time following suggestions. Because I've had, uh, you know, trust broken at an early age with authority figures, you know, people that, um, I guess had my best interest in heart, but just made terrible decisions and, uh, and it caused devastation for me, you know, when you're at your most vulnerable. And, uh, that would include family members as well as so-called professional experts. Um, and, you know, so before I was in high school, I realized that I was kind of on my own and that, uh, even, even though I obviously don't know everything, it was just very bizarre coming to the realization in, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh grade that, uh, my intuition about certain situations were, were better than uh these authority figures and that's um as i as i traveled down that road and continued on became an adult you know that gap between uh you know following suggestions of people that are or or could be or maybe should be in authority over me everything's optional you know and my sponsor in this program is kind of like an uncle figure. Um, you know, he's, he's an older guy to me and, uh, he comes out of the hippie generation and so he's pretty, you know, fairly passive. And so his suggestions, you know, it, it's like in what I need to do is I think in my mind, because I don't really follow his suggestions unless I'm feeling like it. 
at any given time. <laughs> and that hasn't worked out well for my sobriety or my program. And so I think, you know, the adult thing to do, you know, at, at age 42, it's time to, you know, kind of conduct yourself like a man. It would be to view his, you know, Jerry Garcia type, hey man, suggestions to, no, that's actually, you know, that's probably my higher power speaking through my sponsor, giving me some command guidance, you know, and, um, in terms of God's will, I, uh, became a part of a faith community, uh, in my mid twenties. And, you know, I, I wrestled with that a lot thinking, you know, <clears throat> that life was just going to be a series of burning bush type experiences where it was going to be very obvious to me what God's will for my life was. <clears throat> and, um, and that has not proven to be the case. Um, but uh, what some of the other speakers have alluded to is that as we go through and we really work this program, you know, God will reveal the next step to us what his will is. And we have some pretty general guidelines like, you know, don't kill anyone and don't hurt yourself. But in between those two, you know, boundaries, there's there's a lot of room for individuality. And, um, you know, I, I, I think the more I work the program, the more God's will will be revealed to me. Because um, if you showed me everything right now, it would probably freak me out. And then I'd really not follow suggestions. So um, thank you for letting me share. I'm Mike. I'm a sexaholic. Mike. Um, I find it real easy to follow my sponsor's suggestions when I just don't talk to them. That's, that's the easiest way. Um, yeah, so obviously to follow suggestions, I need to be in touch with them. Follow the first suggestion he gives me is call me. Um, okay. Um, yeah, I, I just want to do my will and my thing and, um, have a daughter who is a mirror to me because oftentimes she'll just say, well, I just want this. I just want to do what I want to do. I say, you can't just do what you want to do. You got to, you got to do this because we asked you to. And then I, when I say that, I'm, saying it to myself. I can't just do what I want to do. I got to follow these suggestions because they're, I know that they're good for me. And when I do what I just want to do, that's going to bring harm to me. Um, God's will is, is pretty plain to me as, I guess there's general will, which usually guides most things. He wants me to be loving. Um, he wants me to be connected. He wants me to be connected to him and to other people. Um, so there's plenty of knowing God's will for me to work on. Um, he wants me to walk with him, just be his friend, not butt heads with him all the time. Um, 
So it's God's will is easy too in the sense that I know what he wants. I know he wants good for me. I, I know he wants me to be sober. Even more than that, he wants me to be heal, healed in the process of healing and helping others heal and, and recover. Um, my problem is is doing what I say at the end of each meeting, thy will, not mine, be done. And really exercising that. Um, so thanks. I am Mark, gratefully recovering sexaholic. Uh, yeah, suggestions and in, in, in God's will. I like the way that it is phrased there. It's the same in the big book about this is a suggested program for recovery. Um, and not, you know, you must do this or this is how it's got to be or, you know, uh, because, um, as it also says, you know, our own lightened self, you know, self-interest, uh, must tell us this. And that's the way it was for me, you know, um, I had to find out that this is what I wanted for myself, uh, and not to be told, you know, that this is what you need, what you have to have, what you have to do. I was like, uh, did someone else shared, you know, thinking, well, God's will is, you know, in any given situation is always that that's most difficult, that I most don't want to do, and that must be the thing that God wants me to do. Um, and so, you know, I, I really feared it, and, you know, and, did, and didn't want to turn my will and my life over to the care uh, of such a God. Uh, but I've come to find out, come, I have come to find out through my experiences that God's will for me is really only what I really want for myself deep inside. Um, you know, what is best for me, what will bring the most joy and happiness into my life and the lives of those around me. Um, and, you know, when I found that I truly wanted sobriety, uh, you know, I felt that was God's will all along, but then I found out that that was really what I really wanted. Uh, all along. I want sobriety. I want connection. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I want the, the friendships that I've made, uh, in this program and, and, uh, getting, uh, you know, closer to my sponsor, uh, and to, to others. Um, and so it's been a, um, eye-opening experience, uh, for me. Thank you. We have time for about three more shares, so if you want to share. Can we call on people? Yes. Go for it. Yeah? <laughs> Jason. Already shared, so okay. Jason, you got anything to share? It's not a 30 minute program. Mind if I double 
Okay, I'll try. Yeah, <laughs> this is for the A. Wayne, Wayne, sexaholic. My other tendency is to turn God into a genie in the bottle, and you know, if you just pray for it, and you just pray for it, and so I've had to fight that because I'm also logical. I mean, God, you know, God, I need a Ferrari really bad. Can I just have a Ferrari? And it's it's that's the other side of learning God's will for me. I don't know what's good for me and he does. Most of the things that I think are good for me include adrenaline and, and God's ways just aren't that way. And, um, like I, I finally got, I finally had, I like did one grown up thing in my life and I, I threw my name in a hat for a couple of promotions at work that would be just fun, fun jobs. And, and it was like, Lord, I mean, this would be a full on gimme. I'm not totally qualified for this thing, but it'd be a great job that I'd love to have. And, and I'm gonna just dump it at, on you. Just I'm gonna just dump it on you. You know that I'd like it, and I'm gonna try not to trip if I don't get it. And if the door opens, I'm gonna take that as that was your will. And if the door doesn't, I'm gonna take it as that was your will. You know the same thing. And the and it came about that I didn't get the job, and it was like, okay, now how do I feel about this? <laughs> I've got to analyze this, right? Because <laughs> my tendency is to just you know like a big baby throw a huge fit, and it was like. Wow, I prayed, something happened. I said, if it's your will, don't let me get it. Cool. I just heard from God. And, and that's new for me. That's brand new for me. That's easier than, I mean, I guess what I was trying to say earlier is I don't think God follows me around and says, sell everything and go help the orphans in Peru. I don't think I'm not, it's, I don't think I'm resisting God's will in that way. I think it's the opposite. I think I'm, can I, I just want it. And, and, um, that's that's why hang out hang out do good things the the benefits that i get from being obedient and and living in this program when i go wow i did that thing and it worked and then that person really smiled when i did that i went out of my way a little bit that feeling inside is better than the feelings that i always gave myself and um that's a cool thing just being in god's will being kind of being obedient thank you Come on, somebody. We got time for one more. Any burning desires? If not, then we can motion to end early. Unless you want to hear me. I don't want to. All right. So I'll motion to end early. Okay. Um, in Sexaholics Anonymous, it is our primary purpose to stay sexually sober and to help others achieve sexual sobriety. Our experience teaches us that attending meetings, working the steps, and giving and receiving sponsorship are key elements to in maintaining our own sobriety. This is an anonymous me- program. Please keep the name and phone number of anyone you meet or learn about in essay to yourself. What we say here, let it stay here. Can I have a volunteer please read the promises? Eric, sexaholic. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. One. Two, we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. 
Three, we will comprehend the word serenity. Four, and we will know peace. Five, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. Six, that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. Seven, we will lose interest in selfish things and gain insight into our fellows. Eight, self-seeking will slip away. Nine, our whole attitude and outlook will change. Ten, fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. Eleven, we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. Twelve, we will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.